This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Do you like sports? Because we like sports. Let's talk about sports. It's Sports Shack. Sports Shack. It's Sports Shack. Welcome to episode three. 36 of the Sports Yak Podcast. You mean the Joe Adcock episode? I've not heard of this person. Joe Adcock was a slugger primarily with the Milwaukee Braves during his big league career. There are two little interesting factoids about Joe Adcock, other than the fact that he hit 336 career home runs. One of them is that he didn't play baseball until college. He was a standout basketball player, grew up in Louisiana, recruited to LSU. And he is at LSU during the war years, World War II. Well, because many of the able-bodied men were drafted and taken into the military during that time, sports teams at times had to get a little creative about how they filled out their rosters. And so the baseball coach sees Joe Adcock on campus one day and says, you're athletic, why don't you come play baseball? And so Joe Adcock found that he had a very natural knack as a hitter. Wasn't too good with a glove, but was a pretty good hitter. He still led the SEC in basketball scoring in 1946, but he wound up being drafted by the Cincinnati Reds to play baseball. So he went through the minors, came up in the Reds organization. They had a first baseman named Ted Klazuski, so they stuck Adcock out in left field where he was just terrible. Well, he winds up being dealt to Milwaukee, where he had some sensational seasons, played on the 1957 World Champions with Hank Aaron and Eddie Matthews, hit four home runs in a game one time against the Dodgers, one of the few men to do that. Oh, and Joe Adcock is also one of the first players to ever wear a batting helmet. Wow. Okay. And it saved his life. He got beamed in a game in 1956, and everybody says if he was not wearing the batting helmet, he probably would have died. So when your little leaguer trots out there in a batting helmet, when you're wearing one at some point, when you see one in a big league game, 
give a tip of the old chapeau to Mr. Joe Adcock, who we dedicate episode 336 to. Family Broadcasting Corporation. In association with the Studio DNA Podcast Network, presents Sports Yak. One host knows sports. And who's right there? The other doesn't know sports, but somehow they meet in the middle. It's all the way! It is! Here's your host, Corey Mann. Get your big butt out of here! And Indiana Sports Broadcast Hall of Famer, this one will be relived, Chuck Freebie. Forever! Speaking of Milwaukee, in that little story you just unfolded, mm-hmm. favorite baseball team logo. Go. Ooh. Favorite baseball team logo. Mm-hmm. Wow. Well, I mean, the the old Brewers one with the MB kind of in the glove form, mm-hmm. I, I really liked that one. Oh, my. I, I've not really given this a whole lot of thought over the years. I'm, I'm just trying to circle through. I like the Baltimore Orioles logo. Okay. Um. I know Chief Wahoo was very controversial in Cleveland, but to me, he literally screamed Cleveland Indian. Mm-hmm. I mean, the the Cubs logo is simple, but there's nothing all that exciting about it. You and I did not discuss this before we hit record. I was behind a car yesterday pulling out of a parking lot, and I looked at the back of the van. I said, you know what? That might be my favorite baseball team logo, the Milwaukee Brewers. I'll tell you the old the C- B in yeah. the glove, right? Yes, yes. The old Seattle Mariners logo with the trident, mm. and the trident was turned upside down to form the M of Mariners. Okay, like that one a lot. Okay. The Toronto Blue Jays logo, basically, kind of the the Blue Jay with the bill, distinctive. Um, Interesting yeah. how many birds find themselves in baseball. Yes. Cardinals. Yeah. Not a lot of other animals. No, you've got the Tigers. I'll tell you that that Gothic D logo, Detroit has used it forever. Yeah. And to me, that's the whitest of the white uniforms. I don't know what they do. I don't know what brand of white that is. But when the Tigers are playing a home game on a sunny afternoon, man, that thing just glows. You can tweet us your favorite uh, baseball team logo at Sports Yak with two Ks. We'll talk about our one-hit wonder battle royale going on, but let's get into last night's NBA Finals. Devin Booker is having the kind of NBA Finals that you dream about as a kid. He had never played a postseason game prior to this year. You may recall that on Wednesday's show, we kind of went over the fact that the Phoenix Suns two years ago had the worst record in the Western Conference, and here they are all of a sudden the NBA Finals. And yes, Chris Paul and Monty Williams get a lot of credit for that, and deservedly so. But Devin Booker, last night, every time Milwaukee was ready to make a surge in this game, Booker would step out and hit a three in the fourth quarter, and he wound up scoring 31 points last night, and the Suns, Dominate on their home court. They win 118-108. They lead the series two games to nothing, but now the series goes back to Milwaukee for game three on Sunday night. But here in the pantheon of players who made their first playoff appearance, 
Devin Booker is now number three all-time in scoring behind Rick Barry and Julius Irvin. Wow. So, <laughs> now, obviously, in in order to be in the top, your team kind of has to make the finals so that you've got enough games to rack up all these points. But you think about that. You think, okay, here are the two guys that I'm behind. Hall of Famer Rick Barry, Hall of Famer Dr. J. That's pretty good company. And they're playing on Sunday. That seems like a little extra day for travel? Yeah, one extra day for travel. Okay. And it's also TV schedules. They get more of an audience on Sunday night than they would have on Saturday night. Okay. So they want to take advantage of that as well. Buck's got a rally. It's actually a far more condensed schedule than what we're used to seeing. It used to be the NBA Finals went Wednesday, Sunday. And then they might play a game again. They might go Tuesday, Thursday, Sunday. Mm-hmm. And they really would stretch that out with the season being a little altered because of COVID and not starting until right around Christmas time. And here we are in July. By now, normally the NBA finals are well over. Uh, they're trying to work around some things. I'm yeah, sure I, they don't want to compete with the Major League All-Star game and things like that. We were watching, uh, we saw some footage from a celebrity golf tournament, and there was a, some big names from basketball in that. And I thought, oh, how interesting that the, the finals are still going on. And, you know, there's something about don't do anything else until we're all done kind of right. you know, well, mentality. That, there's always been that vibe in the NBA where you didn't make trades or you didn't. And it's like, at this point... You can't wait too much longer because right. we're going to get done with the finals and the draft will be right there. And so it'll be interesting to see how that all works out. There's a cut of audio, though, that I want to play for you. Actually, you're going to dig this up and insert it. Okay. But last night during the game, Giannis Antetokounmpo is kind of having his way with DeAndre Ayton at one point. And Monty Williams, during a timeout, listen to the way that he coaches DeAndre Ayton here because there's no yelling involved. It is all about facts and encouragement. And this is one of the things that makes Monty Williams a great coach right now. Listen to the way that he handles DeAndre Ayton here. This this is the deal. Getting back in transition, you don't have Giannis find a man and be a guard. Two, look at me. You set a high level for yourself. That's why you're down. That's great. Now go reach that level. Okay? And you can reach it with force. Doesn't have to be stats all the time. Go dominate the game with force. Okay? Because you set a high level for yourself. Go dominate the game with force. Let's go. Look at me. Yeah. You know, making yeah, eye contact. De- DeAndre Ayton's got his head down, sitting on the bench. He's a little pouty. He's he's not having a good game. And Monty Williams is like, you're a good player. You've set a high level for yourself. Go reach that high level and don't worry about the stats. I don't care how many points you get, how many rebounds you get. You dominate the game with force. What does he mean by that? Get physical with Giannis. Get physical down there, both on offense and defense. If you get physical, if you set picks, if you body him up, you're going to be just fine. And you'll notice Monty doesn't raise his voice at any time. Nope. He's not shouting. 
which means to me, Monty's not hitting the panic button. No. Yet. It's a, hey, everything's fine. Yeah. And no. on the other bench, well, and, and he is playing better. And remember, he's playing with a, a bit of a rough knee. Yes. But they need the other guys. I mean, Pat Connaughton was the number three scorer last night with 14 points. And that's not taking anything away from Pat. He played a, a wonderful game. But they've got to have people step up. You know, Brooke Lopez scored 33 the night that Giannis didn't play. Okay, where are you? Where's Chris Middleton? Where's Drew Holiday? Yeah. And maybe getting back into the Cole Center in Milwaukee will help them out a little bit because the Bucks, as most NBA teams do, play a lot better at home than they do on the road. So we'll see how this series turns as yeah. it goes forward. Looking forward to that. Let's uh, let's get in some local basketball news. Chuck, what do you have for us from Westview? Yeah, Rob Yoder, and we mentioned this about a month ago. Westview fired Ed Bentley very abruptly. All kinds of rumors as to why Ed Bentley was fired, but nothing official coming out of Westview, so we don't necessarily want to speculate. But Westview turned to Rob Yoder and said, would you be the interim coach? And I, and I told you when this happened that Rob Yoder was going to be the coach. He was going to be the coach for about a year. And that's the way it is. He's got the interim title lifted, and he is now the head coach of Westview, where he won over 300 games as the head coach for many years in the early part of this century. The reason Rob Yoder stepped away is he wants to see his son Charlie play college basketball. Charlie plays at Incarnate Word, which is a Division I school in San Antonio. But I think Rob understood, look, they they fired Bentley for whatever reason, and he's smart not to get involved in that. And these kids need help, and this is kind of what I am. This is what I'm about. I'm a coach. I'm going to help these kids. And even if it's for a year to allow this new athletic director at Westview to kind of get his bearings, get his feet about him, because imagine if you're the new Westview athletic director taking over for Darlene Matthew, who's been there for 42 years. And imagine you come in, and within a month or two of you first arriving, you have to fire your head basketball coach for whatever reason. And a reminder, Westview doesn't have football. So the big money-making sport in terms of attendance at Westview is basketball. You have to get this higher right. Well, the easiest way to get that higher right is to say, Rob! And <laughs> Nice reference. Where's Westview? It's Topeka. It's over in LaGrange County. Okay. And they have a terrific basketball tradition. They've won a couple of state titles. They pack that place. It's a fun place to call a game from. You see all the Amish community come in. They watch. I've taken pictures before where you just see this this uh, section of like bonnets, <laughs> where where the Amish families come, and that's what they do on Friday night. There's buggies parked as far as the eye can see, out in the parking lot, and they come watch basketball. And they've got the Westview Whistler, and they've got good solid basketball teams. What kind of fan is an Amish? Out of curiosity, in that section, do they? They cheer. Pardon oh, yeah. my ignorance. They, yeah. they get into it. They cheer. Okay. Oh, this this is their thing. Okay. So they get behind the home team. And Rob Yoder, 
beloved by that community, grew up in that community, and he'll do a fine job, even if he only stays a year, giving some transition to a Westview program that clearly needs it. So now I think the coaching carousel, like the end of the 4-H fair, it stops and we can start getting ready for football season, which, Corey, is six Fridays away. Wow. I'm going to write that down. Six can Fridays away. you believe away. that? Mm-hmm. So uh, in the mail yesterday, my mother, who takes care, great care of our family, uh, sent two T-shirts that were apparently on sale. They're, okay. they're black T-shirts, which I love, and it's got the Cubs logo kind of hidden in it. And I'm like, wow, what's going on here? Had to have been on sale because below it it said 2020 postseason play. Well, that's true. I don't quite remember how that went. Not well. <laughs> Not well. Remember the last time the Cubs won a game? Uh, it was on Wednesday night. They actually won a game 8-3. to three. That's the only game they've won in the last 13. They are 1-12 over that stretch. Oof. And, Corey, they really have me ready for football season. <laughs> what happened last night? Uh, they lost 8 nothing. A guy named Brad Miller, who used to play for the Tigers, became the first former Tiger to ever hit three home runs in a game. Brad Miller had one home run on the season entering the game. He pulled a George Mitterwald. George Mitterwald was a Cubs catcher back in 1974 who hit three homers in a game, finished the season with five. You know, it just... Sometimes guys have nights, and Brad Miller had a night last night, and, of course, the Cubs continue to struggle at the plate. And so I am i have to admit, I'm pretty well done with them. And we'll see what Jed Hoyer does with this Cubs team. Jed Hoyer met the media last night, and he said, we're not going to rebuild, but we are probably going to sell off. So... Who do you sell off? As we mentioned on Wednesday's show, Craig Kimbrell, very valuable piece. I th- I think he's going to probably call for some from some good prospects on the open market. Do you sell off Chris Bryant? Do you sell off Javi Baez? Do you sell off Anthony Rizzo? These are questions that Jed Hoyer is going to have to answer before July 30th. My pals over at buymetoys.com on Grape Road in Mishawaka have a Chris Bryant action figure. It's a classic, mm-hmm. old school, great card attached, got the Cubs logo and everything. Doesn't quite look like him, but it's a throwback, like, late 70s action figure. Oh. I guess you should get that sooner than later. Yeah, because you don't know how long that's going to <laughs> have any worth. Yeah. Or you just pass on it because you don't know how long it's going to have any worth. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, the White Sox Meanwhile. got some bad news about Yasmani Grandal. Their catcher is going to have to undergo tendon surgery on his knee. That was part of the calf problem, and so he is going to be out for a fur piece. They're hoping to get him back in the regular season. The good news they got is that Eloy Jimenez is going to go through his rehab, and he should be back in the outfield in probably... Oh, two to three weeks. And the White Sox continue to play good ball. They now have an eight-game lead over the Cleveland Indians in the American League Central. On Wednesday, Lance Lynn, who is an all-star, threw another terrific game, gave up one run in six innings. 
The Sox bats did the job. Lurie Garcia with a two-run homer and an RBI triple. And the White Sox beat Minnesota 6-1. to They had the day off yesterday, and they get the pleasure of playing the Baltimore Orioles this weekend, and the Orioles have the worst record in the American League. So you would think that the White Sox will be fattening up here before the All-Star break. Tigers lost last night to Minnesota by a count of 5-3, to but overall, A.J. Hinch's team has been playing well. They've won seven of their last 11. They have improved to, I think they're now within eight games of the 500 mark, which I know, you know, let's not rip up ticker tape or anything like that, but when you consider how the Tigers started the season and the way they're playing now, Miguel Cabrera had a big pinch hit single the other night to win him a game. Uh, at least there's reason for some optimism in Detroit. It's not going to happen, obviously, here in 2021. But as you go forward, I would say maybe by 2023, if the Tigers make the right moves with their pitching and everything, they could be a contender again. Yeah? Hmm. I realize that's two years down the road. That's a long time to wait. But maybe. It's fun to have stuff to look forward to. Right. Which is why if you're... uh, Cubs fan, you say, well, maybe the Bears will play Justin Fields. (laughs) You want to mention this uh, Penn High School story? Yeah, well, this was interesting to me, at least, Corey, because this young lady at Penn named uh, Gillian Lippert, she is a senior-to-be. And let's let's give you some background on this. For years, the St. Joe County Women's Metro Golf Championship may as well have been renamed the Lori Horan Invitational. Lori Horan has won the St. Joe County women's golf title 23 times. Wow. But she had a shoulder problem going into the tournament, and then on the first day of the tournament, Monday, she aggravated the shoulder with a swing and had to pull out. She's out. So that opens up the field to this field of basically high school players who were in it that were battling it out, and Lippert plays over at Penn, and she's cruising along with the lead on Tuesday and gets stunned by a bee. And I don't know if you've ever been stunned by a bee before. Fortunately, she didn't have an allergic reaction. But it still smarts, and you still feel it well after the sting occurs. And as a golfer, did it affect, uh, you know, did it get her in the arm or the... It it got her like back in the shoulder blade, okay. so you're you're feeling it. You're feeling it when you're swinging. Swing, okay. And it kind of affected her game a little bit, and things started to tighten up. So she's got the lead headed to the final round on Thursday at Erskine. She's got a nine o'clock tea time. She's driving over to Erskine. Somebody runs a red light and hits her car. So she's in a traffic accident. She's. Got a sore neck. Mm. She's kind of shaken up. Remember, this is a a 17-year-old girl. Yeah, that's going to rattle your cage. Yeah, and it did. And Dad you know, comes to the rescue and picks her up and gets her to the golf course for her tea time. And she's, she's playing there, and because she's the leader, she's playing with the player who's in second place at the time. And she admits the first four or five holes mentally she just wasn't there yeah completely understandable she rallies she shoots an 83 which she'll she'd be the first to tell you 
she's capable of shooting much better score than that and did Monday at Erskine. I think she shot a 76 Monday at Erskine. She shoots an 83, but fortunately the pressure seemed to get to everybody else in the field as well, and Gillian Lippert walks away as the South Bend Women's Metro Golf Champion. So that's a nice little trophy to put on the shelf, nice little thing to put on the resume. But considering the adversity that I was she had say, to endure... What a great story about adversity. I, I think it will be a memorable title yes. for her. And uh, a great story of, of perseverance there from Miss Lippert. So congratulations ah. to her. We don't talk much about the women's golf scene because, as I said... It's been dominated for a quarter of a century by one person around here. But congratulations to Miss Lippert. Okay. And then at Wimbledon, the story we talked about Wednesday was Roger Federer. And how long would he endure in Wimbledon? He got to the quarterfinals, and he was facing a relative unknown from Poland by the name of Hubert Hukash. Well, Roger Federer, those two knee surgeries that he has had and his age, started to catch up with him. And honestly, Corey, by the third set, he looked like he'd rather be anywhere but center court at Wimbledon. And I I think he basically asked for the check. You know, <laughs> he kept playing because he didn't want to quit, but you could kind of tell that he was, he was pretty well done. And Hukash eliminates him in three sets, and the third set was a bagel, 6 nothing. Now, meanwhile, Novak Djokovic moves on. He is the top seed. And so Djokovic plays in the semifinals today on the men's side. And and he's the the name worth watching. I was talking with somebody yesterday. And really, this is the problem with tennis right now. There's two problems with tennis right now if you're an American. The best American players right now are doubles players. Yeah. Uh, You don't have a lot of great American men's singles players. And Sophia Kennan is the top-ranked American women's singles tennis player. She's number four. And you'd say, well, what about Serena? Well, Serena, because of her injuries and because she hasn't won a Grand Slam tournament since, I think, 2017, she's taken a tumble in the rankings. And right now there's just not a lot of, great men's and women's singles players. So we had nobody in the quarterfinals from the USA for either the men or the women. Can't tell you the last time that happened. Uh, The second problem is the sport itself doesn't have a lot of big names. So, for instance, the women's final is going to be Ashley Barty against Karolina Pliskova. Now, they're both nice players, but neither one is a needle mover. I mean, you don't wake up in the morning and say, oh, my gosh, Ashley Barty's playing. i got to watch this women, women's final. And there are very few women's players who move the needle. Serena might be the only one that appeals to the casual fan. The Tim Michaels radio experience, he can chat, he can cite you chapter and verse on all these players because he's a and big he does. tennis fan. Mm-hmm. But outside of... Serena Williams. He can clear the room. <laughs> yeah. Meanwhile, on the men's side, it's basically Djokovic, Federer, and Nadal. Mm-hmm. And once you get past those three, eh, Danili Medvedev, eh, yeah. You know. So 
that's the biggest problem for tennis right now. It's why you see tennis ratings are uh, right around ABC 57 News. <laughs> what do you want to do now? Where do you want to go? Well, do you have you mentioned that we had a Twitter uh, person who had emailed us or sent us in a couple of things for overrated, yes, underrated the other day. Let me give you, and a we're quick, saving um, them for today. Let me give you a quick update. Uh, ice, ice, baby, ousts, baby, got back. Okay, this is the one hit wonder contest, which I'm happy about. So, ice, ice, baby moves to the quarterfinals, mm-hmm. and currently we are neck and neck. With Simple Minds and the Starland Vocal Band, Don't You Forget About Me versus Afternoon Delight. That's a heck of a quarterfinal matchup. You don't mess with that one. I I think we've gotten to a very elite eight here. Now, let's take care of some business, and we'll do it on the air for the Sports Jack listener. They get to hear how the sausage is made here. Okay. I'm on vacation next week. Do we want to continue the contest next week, or do we want to put things on hold until I get back? I'm a firm believer that when you take a vacation, it's a, it's a Seinfeld episode. You know how to schedule the vacation, but do you know how to go on vacation? So we'll put things on hold Yes, until I get back from vacation, which will happen on July 19th. So put your voting fingers away next week and bring them back out in a week, and we'll finish this contest up, which we have time to do before high school football season starts. Cause we've, we'll get it wrapped up. Yeah. Okay. All right, but today, quarterfinal matchup, and a good one. If you haven't voted yet, make sure you do. Did you vote? Yes, I did. Opposite of you, I'm pretty sure. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Well, I know that you have a huge, (laughs) huge spot in your heart for... Simple Minds. By the way, happy birthday. Rain keeps falling. Rain keeps falling. Down. 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 Wow. Happy birthday, Jim Kerr, Simple Minds, Lean Singer. I'll be listening to one of your albums today in honor, in tribute. But I could not go against the juggernaut of the Anchorman <laughs> theme. Well, it wasn't the theme, but certainly a song that a was memorable bolstered moment. by that movie. Memorable moment. Afternoon Delight. Uh, as I think about this, someone asked us about underrated, overrated kiss and cheap trick. I think we've done both. I think we have done both. I believe we have, uh, off the top of my head though, down the middle for kiss. They know what they're doing. Cheap trick. I'd say underrated. I was still making music, still a great Midwest rock and roll Chicago band, like an album every other year. Is rock radio playing it? No. No. Is there rock radio? Well, there, no. therein lies the bigger question. <laughs> yeah. Is whatever happened to rock radio? <sighs> I know that you had a special place in your heart for WAOR. Yes. Here in town, 95.3, which is now a uh, an all-news station. Mm-hmm. And a loyal Yak listener, Tommy Lee, mm-hmm. uh, of course, was once worked there. one of the the DJs there. And Morning guy. Yeah. Still works at 95.3, but not not spinning the classic hits. I guess they do have like a an HD channel that plays. But again, who has HD radio? Right. Well, that's something for higher minds than ours to consider, <laughs> apparently. We have a classic hits rock thing in town, but it just doesn't have the attitude that a rock station should have. And you're thinking more of a classic rock, not a soft rock. No. 
Yeah. I mean, they're they're sneaking in the you know the basics, but it just doesn't have that attitude of mm-hmm. you know which like AOR has like a John Vance and a Tommy Lee and yeah. a Gary Hagland, our good old buddy Gary Hagland. Who's he? Yeah, uh, he's um, a friend. Okay. <laughs> so, anyways, underrated for cheap trick kiss. Kind of down the middle. They know what they're doing. What do you have here? Do you have a little list here for us? That was the Tom Hanks movies that you were listing off. This oh, morning. is that what that was? I, when you're talking in the morning over in the other studio, I write things down so that I can keep up or try to keep up with the train of thought that you have going on. I appreciate that. Sometimes that train gets derailed, but <laughs> nevertheless. So you're not going with the tried and true. Oh, I've never heard of that. That's other people. <laughs> Do we have an underrated, overrated for today, or are we good? Um, Did you have I, one you were I, kicking around? I will give you one. Okay. John Voight. John Voight. Deliverance. Anaconda. Um, National Treasure movies. Oh, yeah. He's Nicholas the dad. Cage. That's right. Underrated. I'll go underrated. Okay. Um. I think down the middle. I only just named three. If I could I, do two more. I, Midnight Cowboy. Yeah. Now, which I believe is an Oscar winner. Yes, I believe so. And, of course. Oh, the first Mission Impossible movie. He was the villain. And his teeth marks were in the pencil that George found <laughs> in the car. Was he actually in that episode? Yes. Does he show up he in that He bites ep- Kramer in the arm. That's right. And then they go over to Tim Watley's to try to match the teeth marks in Kramer's arm with the teeth marks in the pencil. And who is Tim Watley in that episode? The acting Brian talents Cranston. of one Brian Cranston. Oh my gosh. I'm going underrated. <laughs> underrated. John Voigt. <laughs> Didn't he have uh does he have some high quality memorable SNL moments or am I thinking of somebody else? I think you're thinking of somebody you else. You know who I'm kind of messing him up with? I don't know why. Christopher Walken. Yes. Like, wouldn't yeah. John Voigt do a probably a great job of the, uh, I need more cowbell. He, he has could. a little bit of that. He could. Yeah. Uh, I'll tell you, the cast, we watched National Treasure 2 last night because uh, TJ's a big National Treasure fan. We had watched it over the weekend. I promised him we would watch 2 at some point. A lot of unanswered questions. Tuesday and Wednesday were disrupted. And they are coming out with a National Treasure 3, apparently. Oh, are they? 2023. Okay. But uh, we watched National Treasure 2 last night. Pretty good cast. Nicholas Cage, I don't know who plays his wife. I don't know who plays the character of Riley Poole. But you got John Voigt playing Nicholas Cage's dad, but and you've got Dame Helen Mirren as his mom. And Riley then, Poole is a Justin Bartha. You've seen yeah. him in Hangover. And then who's the guy that plays Mitch, the bad guy? You see him in a ton of stuff. John Voigt or John Voight. Sean Bean is in the movie. He's a little bit of a bad... Are you watching the second one? The second, the second one. one. Diane Kruger, by the way. Diane Kruger. Yeah. She's easy on the eyes. Yes. Yes. National Treasure 2. Uh, but the bad guy's name is Mitch Wilkerson. Book and of Secrets. Okay. Uh, his name was Mitch in the movie? Yes. Ed Harris. Now, oh, there's another man. good overrated and Un- underrated. I would agree. Totally underrated. Because you see him in a ton of stuff, 
And you never sit there, or clearly I don't sit there and say, oh, that's Ed Harris. Wow, what a cast in that movie. And that's what I'm saying, my Ty man. Ty Burrell is in that funny guy, Bruce Greenwood, Harvey Keitel, Ed Harris, Helen Mirren, John Voight, Justin Bartha, Diane Kruger. Hey, how you doing? What else has she been in? I mean, oh, I remember her. She was uh, in a Quentin Tarantino movie. Oh, okay. Who, um, it's not John Hamm. Who else is in that? Plays the role of uh, Connor. Yeah, Ty Burrell, who's on Modern Family. There you go. Funny guy. Mm-hmm. Very funny guy. I mean, that's a great cast, cuz. You went there. I did. <laughs> you, you went that there. That was dedicated to a caller on our morning show. You went there and you did it. 6.5 on IMDb. Oh, I'd go, I'd go a little higher. Yeah, I'd come go a little on. Higher. IMDb. Uh, by the way, Black Widow, it's fun. TJ will get a kick out of it. It mm-hmm. fits into the Marvel world. They know what they're doing. I think he's already been. Did he go last yeah, night? Yeah, I think he... Yeah. Black Widow happens post-Civil War, pre-Infinity War. Okay. Because she's, spoiler alert, dead in the current storyline. So sometime between 1865 and <laughs> yes, the future. The original Civil War. Sorry, oh. the Captain America Civil oh. War movie. The Captain America uh, Civil War Thanks for filling in those of us movie. who live in reality. <laughs> You're on Twitter, right? I am. Don't look for a whole lot over the next week or so because Uncle Chuck's on vacation. Going to hold you to that. By the way, and if I do see something, I'm totally calling you out. Well, you're going to see some of the basics. I'll, I'll try to do the scripture verses and like if anything big happens. All right. Anything big. I can't wait to see what's defined as big per your tweets. Mm, probably not that much. Until next time, Yak fans. Ooga Joe Adcock. Vacation, all on. I ever wanted. Vacation, not to get the things. The Underrated, overrated, go goes. We've had some fun. Yeah, the show is done. Now we gotta run. It's Sport Check. Sport Check. Sport Check is not filmed in front of a live studio audience. We done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.